Welcome to the Natural Curiosity Project. I'm Steve Shepard. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me. You know, I've always been curious. I don't know why, I just know that I am. I'm a writer and a teacher and a storyteller, and my job is to be curious, to ask questions and to share the answers. This program explores my belief that why, that simple three-letter question, is the most powerful question that any human has ever asked. Every time we ask it, we challenge ignorance and the status quo. This, I believe. Curiosity leads to discovery. Discovery leads to knowledge. Knowledge leads to insight. And insight leads to understanding. Something that, let's face it, seems to be in short supply these days. So thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoy the program. Hey there, thanks for listening to another episode of the Natural Curiosity Project. Once again, the biologist in me rises up to help me understand an aspect of leadership that I've been wrestling with for a while. This morning, I went out for my normal walk in the forest to clear my head before my Zoom, WebEx, BlueJeans, Microsoft Teams-centric day started. On the far side of the forest where I walk, there's a stream. It's a tributary of something called the Allen Brook that runs through our neighborhood and our town. And I headed in the direction of the stream to see if the ice that had covered it all winter had melted yet. It had, sort of. There were still jagged shelves of ice along the edges sticking out over the water. But the stream itself was, for the most part, clear. Which is why I was able to see the arched dome of a mud turtle shell sticking out of the bottom. I reached down to gently touch it and I jerked my hand away as if I'd touched a lasagna pan baking in the oven. That water was blindingly, painfully cold, maybe a degree above freezing. It's still pretty cold up here. Nature just blows me away. Turtles, frogs, and other reptiles and amphibians hibernate in bitterly cold places like Vermont by burying themselves in the mud at the bottom of lakes and streams in the late fall, and then slowing their metabolism down to the point that they're as close to being dead as they can get without actually dying, and by infusing their tissues with a form of natural antifreeze that keeps sharp ice crystals from forming and shredding their bodies and internal organs. Basically, they freeze solid without freezing solid. And by the way, a lot of insects do this as well. Now, looking at the turtles sticking up out of the mud made me think about leadership. Now, I know you can come up with all kinds of snarky jokes about that last sentence, so let me explain what I mean by that. One of the common failings of leadership happens when leaders fail to locate and follow what I like to call their pole star. Now, what do I mean by that? Good leaders lead because of influence, not control. And what I mean by that is that they create a vision of where they're going, and then they share that vision with others. And as long as the vision is compelling... Others will follow and pitch in to help the leaders achieve it because they want to be part of that vision. But when leaders aren't clear about their values-driven direction or vision, the motivation to follow them is much weaker. And when this happens, they don't appear to be leading. They wander, and that's not inspiring. One of the reasons this happens is because of a fundamental difference between effective and ineffective leaders. Effective leaders have a guiding pole star, the North Star that tells them where to go, in the form of a set of values that guides them toward the vision that they want to achieve. They never waver from it, and that inspires confidence. Less effective leaders, on the other hand, are easy to influence because they often don't have a vision or a clear set of values that guide them. 
They're unduly influenced by the environment that surrounds them, which causes them to appear uncertain and to lack confidence. As a result, they don't inspire others to help them get where they want to go. And that's where my friend the mud turtle comes in. Now, I'm not comparing leaders to mud turtles, although there are some I've met along the way whose failure to lead is such that I should probably apologize to the mud turtle for the comparison, but I digress. Let me teach you two new terms that come from the world of biology. The first is homeothermic. The second is poikilothermic. You know these words, you just don't realize it. Homeothermic is the fancy scientific word for warm-blooded. All mammals and birds are homeothermic. What that means is that regardless of the outside temperature, as long as they have fuel in the biological stove to create energy, they maintain a constant body temperature regardless of the outside temperature. For humans, that's 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. This is why a lot of birds that we see in the spring and summer hang around throughout the winter, like blue jays, robins, cardinals, and chickadees. Cold outside, but warm inside as long as they have food to fuel the furnace. Other animals, like reptiles, amphibians, and insects, are poikilothermic. Cold-blooded animals don't have the ability to maintain a constant body temperature, which means that whatever the temperature is outside their bodies, that's also the temperature inside their bodies. They deal with it either by leaving, think about monarch butterflies heading to Mexico for the winter, or by allowing themselves to freeze under carefully controlled physiological conditions so that the ice crystals don't tear them to pieces. So back to leadership. It occurs to me that there's an analogy worth making here. I think we have warm and cold-blooded leaders. Warm-blooded leaders maintain a constant body temperature. They don't waver. Steady as she goes. They're dependable and predictable and confident, and they inspire others to follow them. Cold-blooded leaders, on the other hand, are easily influenced by the environment around them, and they fail to maintain a stable, dependable direction, which, of course, is not inspiring. Again, leaders become leaders because they lead, which implies that others feel compelled to follow them. If they're constantly pulled off course by distracting, ephemeral, unimportant forces, the competitive noise of distraction, then confidence in them drains away, and that's not good. Now, I'm going to end with one of my favorite cubicle wall quotes. Many of you know that I have this tendency to wander around offices and look for quotes that people have put up on their walls that sort of indicate what the current temperature in the office is. Well, this one goes like this. Recognize that every out front maneuver you make is going to be lonely and a little bit frightening. If you feel entirely comfortable, then you're not far enough ahead to do any good. That warm sense of everything going well is usually nothing more than the body temperature at the center of the herd. You can't lead from the center of the herd. God, I'm weird. How many people do you know who've been inspired by a hibernating mud turtle? But do ask yourself, as a leader, are you homeothermic or poikilothermic? Hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode.